Hello and welcome back to the Optimizing Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Kendall. On this show, we take an engineering approach and speak to the experts about the insights into weight loss, fasting and nutrition, as well as real life people about their journey of nutritional optimization. And welcome, Bet. How are you going? Great to chat to you again, Bet. Oh, Marty, it's so good to hear from you and see you. And I just loved, loved getting to interview you on Big Bold Life Podcast. So what an honor it is to be here. Yeah, Ted uh, connected us and I didn't know who you were, but we had a really fun chat. I got a lot of really good responses from your podcast and people really understood it. I just loved your, I've been listening to your podcast ever since and I just love, you really do live a big, bold life and you want to encourage other people to do that so I was saying before I've had a bunch of other people who are talking about you know, high level nutrition stuff and not that you're not in that but I think your major goal is just to help real people especially women out there to connect with who they want to be live the biggest life that they can but to do that they need to sort of put themselves first I think is what you sort of had a bit of an aha discovery moment and realized that to serve and live a big bold life out there you need to look after yourself as a, as a priority up front so yeah i'm really um amazed by that and, and really it's an inspiration to me and i'm sure it'd be an inspiration to a lot of other people who will hear that message and go it's okay to prioritize myself yes oh well i i know how hard it can be to prioritize our health and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that a lot of times when people hear that, I think the response is, sure, sure, I want to, yeah. sure, but when, but how, but yeah. what, and yeah. I, I hope I can share as someone who is imperfect, has mm. uh, tried a lot of different health, mm. you know, tips and different things, and at the end of the day, exactly what you said, I have found that the more I can prioritize my health, that I better all the other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge part of my journey. So so to talk about the other areas of your life, your uh, what's your, your day job? You, you actually have a, a full-time day job, is it? As I a do. Construction promotion management. Yes. So I work in the energy industry. I oversee kind of sales and supply for my job. I'm a, I'm a vice president of commercial there. And I've been in the industry about 15 years. And I, um, I'm married. I have six little ones, which even sounds six crazy kids. to me. Six, six, six kids. Six. I can't get I over that. Can I count that high? I don't know. We've got two, and that's way enough. But uh, six is incredible. Under ten, is it? Under ten, and you know, <laughs> now they feel a little bit more spread out. But when we were in like the earlier years, it felt even like more condensed. But yeah, my youngest is four months, and my wow. oldest is ten, and I enjoy them immensely. And our house is crazy and be. fun and wild all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. And I think a lot of the time the challenge for women is that they've got such a serving role that they always put everybody else in the world as number one and uh, they get the last priority and then their health is like even 
way down the list for them. And uh, I think you came to a, uh, I don't know, I'd love you to talk about that point where you said, hey, to serve more, to live a bigger life, to do the things I want to do, to serve the people I love, uh, I need to look after myself. So how did that come about? What, What was the light bulb moment? So, you know, to be honest, I always felt that I was decently healthy. I always was pretty active and I was fortunate. I always kind of had a, a pretty good body image. You know, I, I um, felt good in my skin and I I hope that for everybody out there, no matter where you're, uh, where you're at in your journey. But my aha moment was in 2015, Marty. I was I had had four kids in five years and I four kids five years and it was my youngest I know I know and we had two under two and that was hell but uh, yes it's it's right now but yeah very exhausting time of life and I got a call from a friend and she invited my husband and I on like a last minute trip and my husband and I were like you know what? We need to do this. Let's get away. Let's go. So we went. And the whole time, it was like one of the first times in my life where I just didn't feel completely good or comfortable in my skin. And I knew it was my time. Mm. And I talk about the word time a lot because I think there's a lot of people out there that it's their time too. Mm. And what I had to realize and accept was that it was going to take some time to figure this out, that my health had fallen too far down on the priority list, Mm. but I was going to figure out how to do this. And that's what really the word bold, why that word is so important to me, because Mm. when you're in that aha moment, when you're in that time, you kind of have to be bold to just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start. I'm going to be bold enough to start. I'm going to be bold enough to challenge that I'm not being selfish. Mm. And I'm going to be bold enough to go. And because you got to start, but you got to keep going. And Mm. it's, it's, I think that's a big part of that word for me and my journey. So I started kind of doing the things I'd always done. Um, I've never been a sugar really fiend. Um, my problem probably has always been, I like to eat. I'm just good Mm. at it. Like I have no problem with food. I'm a, I like everything. Like give me all every weird food. I mean, I like it all. Um, but I think what happens when you get to that point where your body has been kind of a little lower on the priority list, it's not that you can just do anything and things are going to change. And I especially Mm. think this is true for women, right? Mm. Is And I think that's the next step where I had to be bold, is that I had to be bold enough to start challenging some of the things that I had been told that would work. Mm. Because all the things I had been told would work weren't really moving the needle, right? They They weren't working. And so in my journey, I ended up losing about 40 pounds, but I started to notice that I had this extra energy, this time. Mm. I had time. Mm. And and I was so confused by this because here was something that was supposedly going to take more time, right? You've been was self-indulgent and spending all this yes. time on looking after yourself and you had more yes. energy and time to 
go all the way ahead of people. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I it was like the clarity was there. My my purpose was becoming more clear. My energy was higher. I felt like I could be a better mom and a better wife. Mm. And so all the things that I feared that I was going to be less of, mm. I actually think I became more of. Still an imperfect version. We all yeah. are. But that is the message that I want to share on Big Bold Life podcast is that mm. we all need to be bold enough to start. We all need to bold, mm. be bold enough to go. But then once we start and we go, it's okay if you feel frustrated because if some of the tools that you've been using aren't working, join the club, right? Join <laughs> the club. And I think that's what I love sharing people's journeys like yours and others mm -hmm. is that there's stories of hope and there's stories of new bold tools that people can use mm -hmm. on their journey. Mm -hmm. And many of those tools have worked for me. And mm -hmm. I like sharing it because I'm not some, you know, fitness freak and not that that's a bad thing, but I'm not. I'm I live a really real chaotic, mm. busy life. And if I can do it, anyone can do, you know, can do it. And so part of my message is to start and to go. But the other part is mm. there's some new tools out there that mm. I think need to be shared. And that's, mm. that's why I'm so passionate about it. So how long did it take you to go to lose, would you say, 40 pounds, probably through a few pregnancies as well? And, uh, yeah, how long did that journey take you to reach a point where you said, I'm happy with where I'm at? Well, you just cut out a little bit. You said how oh, long? Sorry, how, how long did that journey take to lose that much weight? Sure. So it's interesting. The first part of my journey, I started just going lower carb. I just tried, you know, going lower carb and it worked a little bit and like it had worked mm -hmm. in the past, but then I kind of stopped mm. and I started exercising more, worked a little bit mm. and then I kind of stopped. And so what ended up really working for me at first was a friend of mine told me that she had to give up dairy and because her daughter was allergic to it and she was breastfeeding mm. and this mm. light went off. Like, well, I've gone low carb. I've tried that. I've, um, ex I'm exercising now. Like I'm moving mm. my body more, mm. but I haven't tried cutting the cream out of my coffee. <laughs> and it was like this, like mind boggling because it wasn't, like, I didn't put sugar in my coffee, Marty. Like I'm not a sugar, yeah. like that wasn't my crutch. And so that was so cool. So I did that. And then I decided to try the whole 30 kind of concept for a while. And that really, I think because of my love of cheese and my love of cream, it really, and I like to have wine with dinner at times. So I think mm. those three things, just removing them for a bit and taking mm. a break, mm. it really jump started me. And yeah, wow. so... I started losing the weight pretty consistently. It wasn't like all at once, but I started weekly kind of going down. And then um, I got pregnant with my fifth. It <laughs> doesn't help weight loss journey. Yes. And so <laughs> it's I, I had my fifth. Let's fast forward. I had my fifth. And 
all of a sudden I tried those same tools. I tried uh, Whole30, I tried low carb, I ex was exercising, wasn't working. Like I was like, what is going on? Why didn't it work like it did last time? Now it worked a little bit, but again, I was kind of stuck. And that was when I had started reading about elongating the time between meals. And I was snacking a lot. Like they were healthy snacks. Mm. I wasn't doing processed mm. food snacks. I wasn't doing packaged mm. things. But I was snacking throughout my day. Mm. And I was always hungry. Always hungry. And mm. I work out of an office. And I would have my carrots. I would have my nuts. I would have my string cheese <laughs> like all day. And that to me was a light bulb moment, right? When mm. I thought, oh, maybe this snacking is problematic. Maybe, maybe it's totally opposite. It, it shouldn't be all these meals throughout the day. Maybe my body needs a break. And so that light bulb kind of really helped jumpstart me past the low carb, past the exercising. And then I started kind of following um, the thought process of protein first a little bit more and building my plate around a protein. Mm -hmm. So less about what I couldn't have but that my, the base yeah. of my plate should be built around that. And as I did that, I naturally started being less and less hungry. And mm. I started being like, well, maybe I'm going to skip dinner tonight. Like, I'm just not hungry. So a few days a week, I just started skipping dinner. And then all of a sudden, the weight started going down. And all of a sudden, all the things, all the frustration of not the needle moving, it started moving. And, and I think that's what really was so empowering because here I'd found something that wasn't a pill, wasn't a powder, wasn't, it was literally something that I think anybody, anybody could do. If I could do it, anybody mm -hmm. could do it. And so um, my journey was kind of a weird timeline because I had another baby <laughs> and, um, and so, and now I've just had my sixth and I'm back on that journey again, but I've kind of hit the ground, I would say, in a full sprint in a lot of ways because yeah. I have all these tools and you I don't get do frustrated. Now. Yes, it's it's so yeah. empowering. You've really stacked all the tools that work from, you know, going low carb, but then you went, well, okay, I can't overdo the fat. I need to drop that back a little bit yeah. and then intermittent fasting and then prioritizing protein and nourishing your body and giving it what it needs and then that lizard brain settles down and then you're uh once you're not hungry all the time you can then easily lose the weight and do the intermittent fasting i'll sort of work together really nicely and then uh, you're just so passionate to, to share it you seem to be out there and wanting to get that message across through your podcast and i love how you interview the guests but at the beginning you really simplify your view of the world. And it's just like, well, here's a, a three-minute bite-sized chunk. That, yeah, that, that's it. That's all you need to know. You don't need to know how it works, the detail. And I think that's a really valuable thing you're doing to communicate the simple message of what people need to implement without having to understand the biochemistry or the, you know, micros and macros and everything that goes behind that. I think you just present a really clean message of this is what I've learned, this is what I want to consolidate and hand to you so you can pick up and hit the ground running too like like you've got to so yeah that, that's awesome so how long did that 
overall journey take with the pregnancies in, in, in between? Yeah, so I would say between, so I had my fifth in 2017 and that was on the September, on September 11th, 2017. It's an easier birthday to remember um, <laughs> for unfortunate reasons. In a good um, way. Yeah. And I, um, I was done kind of hit my goal weight after that probably about a year and a half after her birth. So it was probably like 2019. I was I was in the best shape probably my adult life, even college, even I would awesome. I would put myself very similar to my high school physique and I was a three sport athlete wow. and wow. um it was really exciting. I never thought I could have a waistline again. I just thought like that's just what you give up as being a mom of multiple you know, and I had a waistline. I had a belt. Marty, a big thing for me is I got to buy a belt. I was like, oh, a belt? What's this? Um, so um, it was it was a, lo a lot of like putting those pieces together. But now that's why I'm so passionate about sharing all the different tools because mm. what works mm. for me might not work for you or might not work for somebody else. Mm. Maybe mm. it's a combination thereof. Yeah. So you've got this amazing can-do attitude that, you know, did, were you born that way? Is it nature nurtured? Did you choose to continue to grow that and nurture it and not? A lot of people are knocked off their perch by something in life that right. Uh, right. makes them feel like a victim um, and they can't conquer life. But it's amazing when you believe in yourself and just go, hey, life is fun. I've got one life. I'm going to treat it as a challenge and it doesn't matter how it turns out when I play it. It's just as long as I play it and you just seem to embody that with everything you do um is that something you think you picked up from your parents or your influences or how did you how do you nourish and cultivate that mentality you know i i definitely was someone who was always a natural motivator i you know i always would win the the motivation award on the sports teams and i just joked because it meant that i was really bad at the sport probably but <laughs> I, I was, everybody yeah. else won the races yeah, and they, they said you could, races, you're, you're a motivator yeah <laughs> i'm too busy cheering you on um but i do think i've always naturally had that you know positive perspective i also had parents that were very positive that really encouraged and believed in me and always i feel like saw the best in those around us helped other people um and obviously i'm still learning from their example in many ways they are still those people today like it's really hard for my mom to ever say something critical about someone she she really can see that and this is a lesson that I've learned through the years is that when someone is critical of us, right, that it's not about us. They're mm. often hurting. They, mm. it's a lot of times it's a, it's a call for love and attention. Mm. And I think the more that we all can realize that, I think then you start not being as afraid to just be who you are, right? Because mm. if we are living a life based on our critics, and not based on the people that love and support us, we're going to be different people. 
right? Like you, you and I are going to be different people. And so I think that's part of being bold. Bold isn't being, I am a lot of ways, the word bold. I, I am a, a chatty, loud, you know, big personality, but that's not bold. That doesn't have to be bold. You can be boldly quiet, boldly humble, boldly you. But, but I think that my passion is, is that I just stopped letting the people that might be negative, might be mm. critical, might not get me, change who I was, who I was. I wasn't going to do that anymore. And, and I wasn't going to shift that. And, mm. and that's what I want everyone out there. You are who you are. You mm. are going to be dealt things in life, right? And mm. we can't change some of those things. But we can either see them as for us or against us. And mm. I try to see that every opportunity is for me. Like mm. this day, this is for me. How can I use this for me? And to make it, and by meaning for me, for me to make a difference in my life and in others. And, yeah. and I think that that's where we have that choice every day. And mm. what I started to realize, and this is the challenge I, I hope everyone hears who's listening, is that I started to realize that when I became more of who I was and bold in who I was, it didn't encourage other people to be more like me. It helped mm. them be more bold in who they were. And that it. that's the key, right? I think when we we think that we think that if we're more ourselves, that it's a problem. I think it it helps light other people up. And and so mm. that's really my goal is to mm. be a light and even if it annoys some people, because my personality is not for everybody and I know it, but I can't be who I'm not. Mm. And mm. I don't want anyone out there to not be who they are. And that's, mm. that's a huge part of our health journey, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. is that when we come to peace with who we are and our journey, to me, that's just as important as what you're eating and not eating, the exercise, the sleep, mm. it's finding that peace with, with you and, and kind of your, your life, what you, what's been, been given to you, mm. what, what, what has been dealt to you, mm. you having peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really challenging world at the moment in a lot of ways. And we get our gratification and our self-esteem of social media. And like my daughter talks about who's 16 the the challenge that everybody's going through because their identity is based on how many likes they get on instagram and yes. it's a it, it's a really challenging world for those kids growing up who are you know, how do they find their identity and they're craving the the reassurance and like you said a lot of people who are critical are just having the same identity crisis and um you know biting other people to to make an impact somewhere in the world but if you find a way to make an impact in your world for the positive by being you and making the the world around you better and brighter and healthier and trying to nurture other people and lift other people up then i just find that gives so much um so much more happiness and hope and and that's what i try to instill in in the kids is that it's not about trying to get attention for you but it's about how do i you know, look after my friends and nurture them and, and help them grow and help them feel comfortable and ask them about themselves and 
how can you nurture them? And all of a sudden you've got this amazing community of people who like you because you make them feel good about themselves. And my daughter just did a, a school captain speech this week um, and, and smashed it and like she's really excited about that and hopefully she'll be school captain. And that, that's through implementing that sort of approach. So we're proud as a punch of these kids who are trying to implement that in the world. So, yeah, it's not just, you know, a lot of the people in my audience are sort of the, the middle-aged to, to older women who are struggling with diabetes, but it's the whole spectrum of how do we live our big, bold life in, in our world today. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I hope people, more people pick up your, your mantra and, and get out there and live a, a big, bold life. It's, it's so cool. Um, so just to, to recap your dietary approaches, you said low-carb, cutting out a bit of the fat, prioritizing protein, some sort of intermittent fasting, and that sort of all came together to work the magic for you. Is that right? I'm sorry, I lost that last part, Mark. Uh, Can you see that last so, part again? So, um, yeah, I suppose to, to reiterate your dietary approach, um, you've basically said low-carb, dial back the fat, prioritize protein, get some exercise. Um, I suppose how do you cut through the diet wars? There's so many, you know, extreme diet wars totally. and um, you know how have you managed to work your way through that um to, to 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 block that out without you seem to have found your own path between the extremes how, how did you manage that from a, a mental game because i think a lot of people just find it so confusing with so many extreme you know it's this way or that way or this way and, and there's no other way Totally. And I think that's a big part of your message, Marty, is you're being bold to say that we all have different shoe sizes and styles. And, you know, what works for you may not work for me, but mm. we can have, sorry, I'm going to put this away here. We can have, we can have all these tools in our tool belt and implement them. And mm. I feel that the mistake when people get really dogmatic is that, they're thinking like the horse with the blinders on. They're not thinking like, mm. well, that tool may may work for you in the future. Might not be a tool for mm. now, but maybe it's a tool mm. down the road or maybe it's a tool for my brother, you know? Mm. Hey, and I think that that's where I feel that every person who tells me what they're doing is working, I believe them. I believe them mm. that, that it's working and I wanna learn from them because mm. As evidenced by my journey, I've pulled little things from all these different different areas. And I'm turning 40 this year. And I know that maybe what I'm doing now may not work, you know, in a year from now. Maybe I need to tweak it a little bit more or change it a little bit more. And so, you know, on my fasting journey, that's why I love intermittent fasting. And I'm so passionate about it because you can literally shift it in so many ways for mm. your life, your lifestyle, what fits you in that moment. What do you need mm. right now? You know, early in my journey, I had more of a midday eating window. I really liked it. Mm. It was my jam. I ate at lunchtime, was my big meal. And then I skipped dinner mostly. Now, yep. just based on my life and where we're at and what's going on, I'm working from home more. Uh, an evening window has been better. Mm. So mm. what I think, what I hope people do when they're, when they hear all these different dogmas is say, maybe keep listening 
don't, you know, never, never say never, never, you know, don't be too quick to um, take it in. Listen to people say, hmm, because when I first started my journey, I was probably more vegetable forward. And now I'm probably more protein forward, but I still eat vegetables and I still eat and I still eat carbs. I'm not like anti-carb. I just know if my diet is too many carbs or too many processed carbs Mm. is problematic for me. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good insight. Um, so y- you had a podcast the other day about alcohol, and I think alcohol has been an interesting thing because people used to go out to drink um, before coronavirus, and then right. you know, people found they could drink at home, and they could drink at home all the time. And, um, yeah, what's your journey? What's your learning there? And, and what do you see in the wider world? And why did you choose to go out on a limb and say, you know, Maybe we need to think about this and, and is it really good for our health to be doing regularly? Yeah. So I, um, I've i always been a very social person, obviously. And I think a lot, what comes with that a lot of times is going out and going to dinner with friends and having wine and having a drink. And I'm very much a like, let's have fun. Come on, guys. And um what was happening or what I was noticing for my husband and I is most nights we were having a glass of wine with dinner and it wasn't just one, one glass, we would finish the bottle, you know, and it was very normal. And what I started to realize is that I was doing all of this work in all of these areas to be healthier. And I think that, I needed to take a harder look to make sure that I was also doing it in the area of alcohol, Mm. right? Mm. And I'm fortunate to be someone who doesn't have an addiction, but there's a lot Mm. of people that do struggle with it. And I think it's a topic that people don't want to talk about, right? They, they, it's such a scary topic because people don't want you to tell them to not have cream in their coffee. That's a no, no, no. Number one, like don't (laughs) tell me what to do with my coffee. And two, don't take away my nightly wine. But I believe strongly that if we all just reduce the amount of wine we had in a week, and I focus on wine a lot because that's not because it's not other alcohols too, but I do think that from what I see in here, and especially from physicians and others, it's the it's the wine. It's a few glasses of wine a night that becomes every night. And um, I'm just really passionate to encourage people, not that they have to give it up altogether. Uh, No, I love my Sauvignon Blanc, but I think the more we can take breaks from it, reduce the amount we we have it, it makes our fasting easier, it makes our exercise better, it makes our sleep better, it makes our hormones better. I mean, the list is so long. And what you have to do like any habit, right? You have to take a break long enough to realize how much better you feel without it. And Mm. that, and I think that, you know, the first few weeks when you say, I'm only going to have it one night a week or twice a week, whatever your, your jam is, Mm. the first few weeks feel hard. You're like, Oh, I miss it though. I miss it. I'm used to this. But then you start realizing how much better you feel. And, that's my message is that is alcohol getting in the way of all the other things you're trying to do? Is it getting away in the fa- of your fasting? Is it getting in the way of 
try not to snack um, because I think it's really, and not to simplify it, but I think for a lot of people out there, it's what's in your coffee and it's your what you're drinking at night. I mean, I think that's really, I hate to simplify it. You know, I like to simplify, Marty. That's, that's my great. simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're two big things. And then maybe snacking. And uh, if you take those oh. out, you're, you're a long way down the road. And I know whenever I drink a little bit you enjoy it a bit but the next day i just feel trash and i, I process alcohol really badly and uh, i'm a mess and i go it wasn't that much fun last night to be this you know my, i value my brain thinking the next day and if i can't do that it's like ah and every time i say to the kids why don't i drink again and yeah but um yeah each to their own though as you say each person needs to find their own journey but um Alcohol is definitely, from an oxidative priority point of view, has to be burnt off first. Sure. So it's not calorie-free. Right. And, um, yeah, you don't sleep as well. And, yeah, it's definitely going to be going to be a challenge. Um, so six kids, what do you eat at home? How do you cook for six kids? How do you manage that? What are your favorite meals? Do you have different meals for you versus the kids? And how does that look? That That's mind-blowing. So I'm disclosing my deepest, darkest secret here. My <laughs> husband is the good cook. My husband is the good cook. I, I am not. I went to money. Should be jealous. There you go. It's, it's see, I'm a juggler, but I can't. I that's that's the way. No, my husband is a fabulous cook. In fact, it's made me a worse cook being married to him because he's so good. Why do I even practice? Right. That's great. Um, that's so great. We love building our plate around a protein. And a few things that are our favorites are, we love the flank steaks at Costco. We find that they're really family friendly. We'll marinate a few of them ahead of time, put them in the freezer and the kids love them. They slice up really nicely. Uh, we love chicken drumsticks because the kids love, like they seem to eat really well if it's a drumstick. Yeah. Versus to hold it like, fun, to hold it with yeah. your hand and screw down on it. As long as they're not hitting each other with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we love that. Uh, my husband, the, his, his favorite is like any, he loves chicken and rice dishes. Like he really, he's just a fabulous cook. We, we had salmon last night. Um, but I think the best recommendation I can give if you're feeding your family is that don't get bogged down by perfection. The fitness blogger that is trying to tell you she always eats perfect just went to McDonald's yesterday. Don't, you know, don't, it's, it's not, we're not, it's, it's perfection gets in the, in the way of good, but yep. really try to most times build it around a protein when you can. And then I find everything else kind of falls into place. If you want a mm. vegetable, if you want a starch for the kids, you know, we are mm. regular. My kids were kind of rice people. I know some mm. people don't do any rice or some people are more um, other starches. But I think that's yeah. pretty common for my my children. Breakfast. Yeah, and kids who are really active will need more carbohydrate, potatoes, starch, oh. whatever that is, to, to like my son's out there on the rugby field and he just needs to come home and eat and eat to replenish and he can only eat so much protein yes. 
Um, yeah, so getting that energy in, but for the older adults who aren't as active, maybe they need to dial that back. But as you say, you can put it all on the table and then they can choose what they actually need. Yeah, and if, you, if you're built around a protein and the starch is there, you don't have to have the starch as an adult. Mm. So it's a perfect, mm. nice fit. I would say the one area that we're the most imperfect about is probably breakfast. Is just um, because I don't eat breakfast. My husband yep. doesn't eat breakfast. So that's the most kid-friendly meal around here. Yep. Um, we have chickens, but my kids don't love eggs. And so sometimes breakfast is the most challenging one. But yeah. I just tell people, don't get bogged down by perfection. Just just try your best. And every day, like, think of new ways you can be a little bit better than yesterday. So how does all this rub off on your kids? How do your kids live? And it must have a positive effect that is part of your plan, I suppose, to to see them learn to live a, a big, bold, vibrant, healthy life. I, I think for my kids, all of my children are so different. And mm. if I have one job, I think, is to make sure that they know exactly kind of what I said in the beginning is that I don't want them to be anyone else but who they are. And that's being bold, is that I want them, they are here on this earth, they were uniquely beautifully made. I want them to take all their gifts and use them the way they can only use them. Mm -hmm. And then from a health perspective, I just want them to love their, love their bodies wherever mm -hmm. they're at and love who they are. But I also hope they um, realize that their health being a priority will help every other area of their life mm -hmm. and um that's a big part of of who i am and i'm really open and honest with them on like fasting and different things and i like to share with them a lot of people get scared especially moms to talk about fasting mm -hmm. with their kids it's not that i'm out promoting it to them but mm -hmm. they'll see me maybe not have dinner and i love to share with them that you know i'm done growing they're still mm -hmm. growing right? Mm. And that I've learned to listen to my body. And I want them to have that tool someday too. And mm. listen to their heart, listen to what their yep. body's telling them. And then I think that makes your health journey a lot easier. Yeah. And they can live such a more vibrant, healthy, happy life and not depressed and not burdened by self-image issues to the same extent um i just see my teenagers just thriving and loving life and just the opportunity that having a good body image because they're happy and healthy affords them is so important and uh that's a big deal that we give a gift to our kids by like you've said looking after your own health journey and prioritizing yourself and making that that time and headspace to look after yourself. So yeah, th thank you for um, being such an inspiration to to me. And hopefully, I just wanted to share your journey with anybody who would listen to to let them get a piece of bet, which is a, a bright, shiny um, avenue in the world. To to you know, there's we need more things out there that are just bright, shiny, and positive rather than all the the negative and hype. And so you just offer really clear, simple helpful message yeah so thank you for doing that in the world and being big and bold um yeah so um where can people find you and follow bet you've got a podcast and a and a, and a group well, and a website 
Yes, and a website. Thank you for your kind, kind words. It's it's really um, an honor to receive them. Mm. I um, I am Bet Lucas on pretty much every platform. So Bet B E T T Lucas and L U C A S. Um, I also have a podcast that Marty has been an amazing guest on, episode 23, and my podcast is called Living Your Big Bold Life, and I interview people on the topics of fasting, health, career, family, and um, I hope that the podcast is an inspiring message to people on ways that they can thrive in each of those areas. Even if the guest is very different than them, you know, I know that not most people listening don't have six kids. I don't expect you to have six kids, but I hope that uh, by sharing some of these bold journeys, they help you on your journey um, because they help me on mine. And then uh, I lead a few Facebook groups. Um, my most uh, popular one is called Motivate uh, with my Betty Lou, and it's just if you search Motivate, but love to have any of you come find me um i'm better with your you being there and um mm -hmm. come take a listen and go listen to marty's episode it's it's fabulous i learned so much that day yeah you had um ted Naiman was the first one before yeah. me and jen stevens and um cynthia furlow and a whole bunch of really interesting people so yeah you bring out the the simple message um without having to dive in it's not a Peter Atia delve into the biochem. It's just here's what you can do to to implement today simply and just get on with your day and with a positive attitude. So thank you for for sharing that with the world. Thanks, Beth. Thanks so much for coming on today. What an honor. Thanks, Marty. I love seeing you. <laughs> thank you.